This is the Village Church Q&A podcast, where our goal is to create digital, shareable, and helpful content to make disciples who will go, grow, and overcome. Welcome to the special edition of the Village Church Q&A podcast. Listeners, for this podcast, we are going to be answering questions that have been submitted in regards to the question from this last weekend. And the question for the sermon this weekend was, is Christianity too narrow? So in the studio with me is Pastor Michael and Pastor Craig. Bonjour. Uh, <laughs> Ridiculous. Take off your Canada shirt. Uh, the Canada shirt just... Uh, I'm I, representing I don't know. today. Gosh. I've never heard him speak French at all until this week. And now he's just sweet. like... Can he do that? Oh, you can speak French. For the podcast, don't speak French. That's true. All right. All right. Promise? Promise. Promise. All right. You won't do that. All right. So here is the question. (laughs) He's going to bring his word. The first one that's been submitted. You mentioned that God has determined the number of our days and that none can add or take away from that number. So are suicides then ordained by God? And if the number of days are is determined, would something else have taken that life on that day at that moment? So, yeah, that's an incredible question. It's a great question. Let's start with what we know that we know. Mm-hmm. Our days are objectively numbered. Do you agree with that, Craig? We. We. <laughs> You were promising not to speak in French. <laughs> Technically, that was English, and he misunderstood the question. Benefit of the doubt. Love yes, believes our days all are things. numbered because God knows all things. Because God knows mm-hmm. all things. Now, Craig, question for you, actually. Let's let's actually double-click on in your mind for you a moment. You were going first. I was this going was first, but you just said something sort of controversial to me. <laughs> this specific part of our life. I'm not talking about every part of our life, but are, are the days of our life numbered because God knows them or because God numbered them? Predetermined. Predetermined. You'd say predetermined, right? Absolutely, yeah. Good. You can still be a pastor at the village. Oh, boy. (laughs) Good. So, but that implies something, which is huge. Mm -hmm. Yes, there we go. Um, Well, yes. Okay, too far. All right. I just instinctively responded. Too polarized? Okay. So... That is because the scriptures teach us. Psalms very clearly teaches that. And then in Acts 17, which we mm-hmm. were teaching on this Sunday, it, it talks about allotted periods. And it's not just talking about nations. It's talking about um, the realities of, of life, that there are human and national mm-hmm. boundaries, that God determines its limits. And Romans 17, just in case people want to look that There up. is no Romans 17. Acts 17. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> hey, my name's Craig Jarvis, and I went to seminary. <laughs> Don't, don't put it. that in. Edit that out. <laughs> no, don't do it, Dan. Acts 17. Keep it. Keep I did preach it. this on Sunday, so. I know. I, know. I remember something You are about not it. above making errors. <laughs> yes, I am definitely yeah. not Did you just say that. I was wrong? I was wrong. Uh, so you were right. <laughs> I taught him how to say that. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, let's get back to the point. Yes, sorry. All right, so the, what were we talking about? Oh, yeah. So uh, the scriptures teach that the limits are imposed by God for the, with the reason or with the goal of that we might seek after him. Mm-hmm. So there are limits. We hit the end of ourselves. Even when the limits are unusually high, so you have somebody who's given the ability to make maybe millions of dollars and be incredibly successful, even the limits on that end are are given to us to expose our own limits so that at the end of the day, we will come to God. That's like the goal of limits. Now, as I say that, I'm preaching this on Sunday, and I can hear the question And a lot of times, like, people don't know this, but I do hear the questions that are implied by what I'm saying. Sure. And this is great. Whoever asked this, like, I would actually love if you could tell me who you are because I love the way you think. They were tracking with you. Yeah, and you're not just Mm -hmm. listening. You're mentally engaging. And as a teacher, like— It's good. It's really—like, we see people sleeping, and I'm like, "Ah," like, wake up, you know? I don't. Well— not at least. Yeah, I do. Ever tell you about the common denominator of, of almost everybody who sleeps in a yeah. sermon? They're tired? 
They're tired. Uh, yeah, they're listening to me. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's men. It's men uh, from the ages oh of like my. 45 to, I'd say, late 50s. I might agree with you on yeah, that. Yeah, low T, by the way. I'm not kidding. Wow. Uh, at all. Um, or <laughs> oh, some I don't want to touch that. Yeah, but some of the, I mean, some of them, there's a difference between, <laughs> there's a, stop that. Uh, there's a difference between. <laughs> <laughs> We're making this hard on Dan. You're killing me here. You know, if Dan does choose to keep this in, this is just, <laughs> this is live and it is, we are stupid. So, um, what was I talking about? <laughs> <laughs> people who are sleeping in church, but I think oh, that was yeah, a rabbit yeah, yeah, trail. Yeah. So there are some people, it is a rabbit trail, but there are some people who sleep in church because they work all night. And that I'm like, take a nap, you're cool, listen yeah, yeah, to the yeah. sermon later, whatever. Yeah, but yeah. anyways, so back to the point, which was what? You were impressed by the person who asked this question. Yeah, talk to me. I would like to know who you are. Here's the point. I don't know the answer to that. My best answer, Craig, I'll say it. You you agree, disagree, and then Tim, I just would love I, I, I am trying to surmise a world of what Tim might think on this, and I cannot wait to hear what you guys say. So <laughs> my theory is that if our days are numbered, the means of our death is not numbered. And so there are multiple ways in which a human can die. And that somehow within the parameters of death, that like if a day, I mean, this is logical. If the day is numbered and I commit suicide, well, if I didn't commit suicide, would I have died another way that day? Mm. I want to say yes, but here's what that tells me. It tells me that I am failing to understand the dynamic of what it means in the mind of God that our days are numbered. Like I want to put it in a linear fashion. Well, if it's not this, then it's that, which is what my brain is tempted to do. But I have a hunch that it's not as cut and dry as that. And we're positing hypotheticals that just aren't real. And so it's like saying, can God you know, build a rock that he can't lift. Right. Stupid it's not question. even a real yes. scenario right. because it's question just not is real, you know? Yeah, it doesn't work. And I get why the person's asking the question. I honor the question. I have asked the same question, mm. but the question is about an impossible reality because they did commit suicide. What I would say about that is uh, I'm not quite sure I'd go as far down that road as you would go down because— I'm not sure I would either. Yeah, <laughs> because— Be honest. If my death is going to be caused by, let's say, um, a mom driving a car with a bunch of kids in it, you know, and, and she hits me on the road or something, that's going to impact her life oh, yeah. in some pretty powerful ways and those kids' lives, and, and that's mm. going to change their—you know what I mean? It's almost yeah. like one event impacts another event so much so that I'm not— It changes all of future history. Right. It's that ripple effect. Right. Right. I'm not sure that God leaves that up to chance. I don't know how, what you want to stick in there, what yeah, word you want to stick in there, either. but I think we're determined all the way to the point of death and how we die. Otherwise, there's, that's just too many, in, too many variables left. Mm -hmm. But un, then untouched. the implication for that is that God, I, I know. Is I, yeah, God ordained is, suicide, yep. which we know is not true. Can we, we just know say it's we not know. true. Absolutely. It yep. doesn't matter what worldview you come from. If yeah. you can't live in philosophical tension on hypotheticals, yeah. you're going to just get frustrated. Yeah, God does not answer all our questions on purpose. Correct. Because yes. I can say that the person who did that chose it. I can also say God knew it. Right. I can say God did not ordain that, but I can't say God allowed it. Same deal with Peter, right? Yep. Oh, yeah. That's Jesus good. says to Peter, you're going to deny me not once, not twice, but so specifically, you're going to deny me three times. Did Peter have a choice to deny him all three times? Mm. Absolutely. Yes. Who's at fault for denying him? Peter. Peter. But just because Jesus knew that and preordained that, it doesn't mean— Did he preordain or pre-allow? It has to be more than pre-allow because he said it's going to be three times. I mean, that's what gets me. It's not once. It's not twice. But, it's three times. And then the rooster crows. So it's almost so specific that you you look at it and you say, well, Peter didn't have a choice. And I would I'm, argue no. No, Peter had a choice. I would agree. Peter yeah. had a choice. But at the same time, there's something about— You're living in about, the philosophical tension. Yeah. I, you have to live there. And it's it's— 
You, every American wants answers. I want to know why the sky is blue. I want to know why the rainbows. I want to know why. And this is one thing about God that he just, he doesn't tell you. It's like Genesis 1-1, in the beginning, God created the heavens mm-hmm. and the earth. Okay, where was he before that? Yeah, I don't I know. know. You have to live in that sometimes. You don't know? Oh my gosh. <laughs> that was a joke. What right? kind Sorry. of a pastor are you? I know. You don't even know Acts from Romans. Yeah, you I'm were, out of here. Yeah, you went to seminary. <laughs> a real one, apparently. <laughs> Anyways, Tim, final word on this question. We'll, we'll kick it to the next question. Just because God knows, and again, what the verse that we're talking about is Psalm 39.5, where it talks about how that God knows our days or has numbered our days. Just because he's numbered our days doesn't mean that he numbered how those days will end. The date of a particular person, their end date is such and such. And if they are not taken from this world in one way, then they can take their life another way. And and both of those are permitted by God or ordained by God. I don't think that's the case. The struggle that I have is when someone commits suicide, they are playing God. They are saying, I don't care what my days are numbered. I don't care what God mm. has in store for me in the future. I am my own uh, master of my destiny or my end. And that is a dangerous place to be. And again, I'm not sidestepping the fact of when someone commits suicide, the pain and suffering and the torment that they are physically or mentally going through that would push them to the point where they would have to take their life. But when a person takes their life, they are indeed playing God. Yeah. And I think it's more even than that. I mean, we haven't got into the, all the other things. Like if somebody takes somebody else's life, the most oh, absolutely, yeah. illustration of that is this abortion conflict that has come up in New York and Virginia. yeah, And Virginia, where the, the government now is saying that you can do a third trimester abortion, even to the point where two bodies yeah. are separate in some pretty major ways. Mm-hmm. And then you look at that and you say, well, God, did God ordain that? the life of that child to end before that child takes his first breath. Very difficult questions. And I I just don't think the Lord thinks that our finite minds can handle the information. Agree. So I think we're meant to live in the tension. All right. Next question. Love it. So the next question, is there a possibility that the way God hardened Pharaoh's heart, that God would harden people's hearts in our day to day? I am trying to remember what part of my message, because this was a Bartlett question. Okay. Um, what part of my message do you remember? I didn't go oh, you down didn't, that path. you didn't listen to my sermon? <laughs> oh. It's oh. on my agenda to do today. Is it? Yeah. Is it? For, as soon mm-hmm. as I leave here. Yeah. Well, okay. yeah. <laughs> e- even when I read this Open question. Open my to-dos. Look <laughs> <laughs> at my calendar. Right? Yeah, right. <laughs> listen uh, to my Well, we can message. answer. I, I came out of something. It, came, I it had to come out of something. I can't remember what it was. So anyways, let's answer the, the question. Because I don't remember you specifically touching on yeah, this I, this area. I think I said something where this was an implication. So let's just go down the, the path here then. So in the biblical account, when Moses comes to Pharaoh and says, my God says, let his people go. Craig, can you say it? I just want to hear your voice say it. Yeah, Let you say my it. people go. Let my people go. That wasn't good. <laughs> that uh, wasn't good. Was, no. Want know. me to say it in French? I can't. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I don't think you can. <laughs> I, don't you, uh, I don't think you can. Oh you my goodness. No, I can't. Okay. Right, anyways, carry on. So anyway, in that count, 10 times we hear that Moses is coming to Pharaoh to say, God says, let my people go. Each time Pharaoh says no, but we see that there are times that 
God hardens Pharaoh's heart. Pharaoh hardens his own heart, yep. but yeah, then God first, hardens his. The chicken or the egg. Yeah, which and comes first? I think here's the, the simple answer is absolutely yes, but uh, God does not harden anyone's heart because he's bored. Like, it's not like God's like, oh, crap, I'm going to harden your heart. <laughs> like, there's an actual reason for it. So Romans 1 says that God gives people over. over. And what this really means at the end of the day is that the hardening of a heart it's less about creating a stone heart, and it's more, as you see in the New Testament, about giving somebody over to what's already there. What? Yep. He's not making Pharaoh's heart worse than it is. He's just not restraining Pharaoh's heart. I think people believe they deserve—they believe that they're entitled to God restraining them from their worst selves, which God does often, all the time, I would say. We have no idea the capacity of evil we're capable mm-hmm. of between a conscience and uh, a Judeo-Christian ethic our, co- our country is built on, between our community and laws and government. Like, there's multiple levels of restraint. When when God hardens you, he begins to take away your internal restraints and give you over to what you really want. And we see this all the time. And the abortion debate is an incredible example mm-hmm. of this. Mm-hmm. And I can say this in good conscience. Any mother who's ever given birth, the only way that you can be pro-choice and call a nine-month-old baby in the womb of a, a fetus or halfway out or halfway out is only the result of a hard heart, which yeah. is not God making you hard. All it is is God restraining the conscience and giving you over to what's already there. I want to just be really clear on Mm -hmm. that. I like that answer. Yeah. Oh, good. I I, I really do. (laughs) Can we hug? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Craig doesn't touch people. No, don't touch me. Uh, What I love about the Moses story, and you mentioned it, Tim, is if you read it through each plague, either it'll say Pharaoh hardened his heart or God hardened his heart. It's almost like back and forth and back and forth. And uh, I think that's a wonderful illustration where Michael just said that um, what, what comes naturally to our hearts, God either restrains to some amazing degree of grace or he allows to let loose. Yes. And um, I think that is a principle of scripture. If you read through the judges, there's that same phrase, God gave them over. Mm. And they start down this road of rebellion, and then God gave them over to become completely rebellious. And then their enemies come in, and then they cry out to the Lord, and the Lord delivers them, and all these judges come along. And, and then they go right them. back and repeat the cycle it's again. It's just a cycle, 400 years of cycles. And so I think that's the principle that we're saying. What amazes me most about that illustration that you gave, Michael, is that um, when they passed that law in New York, the thing that that almost literally brought tears to my eyes mm. was the way it was received. The applause. They stood and applauded. Yeah. And yeah. that is shockingly cold. Oh, my goodness. I just I can't wrap my mind around it that they cannot yeah. see what they're doing. Yeah. And, and they just can't. What I took away from what you said is that you were amazed by me. <laughs> well, you, I think the quote was something like, um, whatever. Like when you, I was amazed at what you said. Yeah. Does that mean that you, you surprised him of your I think, genius? I just, this is how I hear encouragement. I just heard him say he was, I'm amazing to him. <laughs> oh, you heard it the other way. <laughs> you know, you're desperate for encouragement. When you're like, <laughs> I'm amazed at you and what you're capable of. You think I'm amazing? <laughs> And we've gone full circle back full to circle. Michael. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well, let's let's deal with the third question right. that we that have been submitted. Has been. Has been submitted. <laughs> ha, have has been submitted. I'm amazed by you too. There you go. Thank you. <laughs> your 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 grammar, but for different ways, is amazing. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> I'm amazed in different. So here's ways. our question: If you were to write three stories like the three stories that you told about yourself in the illustration, 
one for Muslim, one for Buddhism. Buddhism. Let me get it right. Buddhism. And the amazement continues. <laughs> and you don't use this word every day. Uh, and one for Christianity. What would those be? What, what would they be like? What would those stories portray? Well, let's do this. So, um, Craig, let's tell you, you actually your understanding of Islam is probably a bit better than all of us. Um, you've spent a bit more time just digging into the weeds mm-hmm. and uh, in that community. So what would be the story of Allah? Let's let's get about the people. Like if each God has a story, mm-hmm. right? As a basis of our, just so our listeners understand, if you didn't listen to Craig or I's sermon, both of us, did you go down the path? You told stories about yourself as well? Yes. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm, good. Yeah. So we told basically three different stories, mm-hmm. you know, and they were all That was made, your idea, by the way. Well, brilliant. I mean, brilliant I, you know, idea. that's, well, I was amazed. I mean, I'm just, <laughs> so, <laughs> so you stop it. I have not seen you turn don't. red before, Michael. <laughs> don't stop. You it's are turning red. red. No. <laughs> don't stop. <laughs> so anyways, stop. we're such children. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I am. All right. Okay. So uh, three, stories. three stories. Three stories. So one of the stories, I'm like, what were we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I have not drank in like one hour. So I don't know what is. That was also a joke. It was water. Okay. Water, water. Right. Is that what you're talking about? Water coffee? <laughs> okay. Coffee. Stop it. Okay. So uh, one story was about me, born to Mary and Danny, born 1980, et cetera, mm-hmm. pastor, Christian, mm-hmm. something like that, right? The other was. Uh, uh, Michael's a, a kangaroo hunter and a cobbler and loves to write country music. And the mm-hmm. other one is uh, Michael died in the 13th century and loved beats and hard liquor. You know, like one of them was – they all had my name, but only one of them really referenced this human, this DNA, mm-hmm. this life story, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And the whole point of our illustration uh, was that anybody could make up a story about Michael Fueling, mm-hmm. but it's not the real one. There's only one real story. Right, right. And in fact, all the stories can't be true right. because the stories – explicitly contradicted themselves. Right. I cannot be dead in the 13th century at the age of 34 and yet right now be alive in the 21st century at the age of 38, right? Mm-hmm. That's not plausible. Mm-hmm. So the idea was that religious pluralism is not just a bad idea. It's an unscientific idea. It's an illogical idea. It's an unhelpful idea. It's a harmful idea of which we don't apply anywhere else in this world. Mm-hmm. Two plus two is four, not five or three. Uh, pluralism is fundamentally insane when you understand it in the religious context. If we won't do that with math, how much less should we do with greater questions like eternity? Yes. Especially when Allah and Yahweh literally cannot coexist because they are fundamentally opposed and contradictory. So the question now to this person, what were your other alternative, by the way? Um, my personas, three? yeah. There's the real Craig Jarvis, but who are the two uh, fake ones? I was dumped on the um, the uh, my own, yeah. born in Canada, you know, yeah. raised raised by parents, follower of Jesus Christ. The second one was uh, I was an orphan left at the uh, on the doorstep of a country music bar, and I was raised by country music musicians. And then I I love to square dance and write country music songs. And then the Feels third, right. yeah, that's <laughs> so not me. And then the third one was uh, I was uh, I studied at the foot of Plato. And and uh, tried to be a philosopher, but that didn't work out so well. So I met a guy named Schrute, and we worked on beet farms. But Greeks don't like beets, and so I died malnutritioned and poor. <laughs> what a great! We both made office references. <laughs> oh my goodness! Star Galactic uh, beets. beets bears. <laughs> bears. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I think we all know what the real one is, which is, you know, Canada and Christian and pastor and all that kind of stuff. So let's tell the most simple story of a lot. Let's actually just maybe focus on um, Islam and Christianity. I'll tell the story of Jesus or Yahweh. You tell the story of Well, and I I think, yeah, that's that's going to be key. And I think before we do that, I mean, presumably a lot of people know the difference. Mm -hmm. But 
they're not told that there is a difference. They know Correct. there's a difference, but they're not emphasized. That difference is not emphasized. And so uh, you're right. It becomes a silly idea because the Bible is given to us as the story of God. Yep. And every portion of that Bible is important because it tells us a little bit something more about God. It yep. is God's revelation of his heart, his attributes, his character. Yep. Of reality. Of reality. So we get, they get to look at all creation and we get to see attributes and character of God. But God goes a step further and says, okay, here's a book to give you even more. Here's how I love. Here's how I forgive. Here's how I judge. Here's how I call people to repentance. Here's the son that I gave to you. And that's the story. You can't leave any part of it out and still believe in the God of the Bible. So who who is Allah? I'll say who Yahweh is, and we'll see if the two can both simultaneously be true. All right. Allah is a singular God. Muhammad the prophet came up with the push for other people to believe in this God. And if you look at the history of Islam, you'll see at one point that they were a pluralistic, polytheistic society. They believed in a lot of different gods. Allah, the God with the moon crescent, was the God of Muhammad, and through push and shove, basically, he pulled people from this polytheism to a singular monotheism where they worship the one God, Allah. Uh, He tried to get the Christians and the Jews on board with that in his day and unfortunately messed up a lot of different belief systems, a lot of different theologies because it wasn't Facebook and good communication. He was in a desert and he was getting his information second and third hand. But while the church was working through all of these theologies, he actually puts into the Quran that uh, the Trinity was made up of, of God and Jesus and the Mary. Holy and, and and Mary. Yeah, wasn't it Mary? Right? Yeah, yeah. Mary. So he gets he. There's a couple of things that he gets wrong like that, and you can see as he's developing his theology, he's getting misinformation. Allah uh, is not the father of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is a prophet. He's a good man. He's a prophet. He did not die because Allah would not allow that, but he ascended. And he did not raise from the dead, and uh, but he is coming back. So those are the similarities. And what I love, Ravi Zacharias has a wonderful quote on this. I'm not going to get it right, but um, uh, theology is is similar in the superficials, uh, but it's drastically different in the details. And when you get to First John, uh, God literally says, if you do not believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, the Savior of the world, and the testimony that the Father has given of his Son, this is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased, you know, all those kinds of things. God has given this testimony by raising him from the dead. If you don't believe the testimony that God has given in God's Word, then the, in First John, you're called basically, you're calling God a liar. There's no room for that kind of maneuvering of theology. Yeah. So can I break it down? Yeah. Both are called God. Let's focus on Allah. Those are the similarities. And Yahweh. Mm. Uh, both created the world. Mm-hmm. Right? And, and, and again, in any religion, when you have God that doesn't create the world, that's a, that's a given, right? So there's a similarity here. But Allah is one God in one form, in one person. There's only one. His, his he's transcendent. You can't know him. Yeah. He's out there. Yes. Uh, totally out there. And he's judging your works all Correct. the way through your life, and which the Father does not do. So to be reconciled or unified or to be in relationship with Allah is A, impersonal, B, through good works, right? That's, that's his it's requirement. Oppre- it's oppressive. Right. But Yahweh is actually, from the very beginning in Genesis, is, re- is revealed to be pretty complex. One God revealed in three persons, Father, Son, and Spirit. Mm-hmm. 
Yahweh is deeply personal. Mm-hmm. Um, Yahweh is deeply involved. From the beginning, from the he's, beginning. he's walking with Adam and Eve in the garden face to face. Yep. Jesus is fully God mm. in the Judeo-Christian worldview. Well, Christian worldview. Yeah, in Christian worldview. Christian worldview, yeah. sorry. Was wrong. Jews would Boo. jump off yes, that wagon. They would. I was wrong. Yeah. I was wrong. You're no, right. right. I was wrong. You're right. Um, but, in, but for Allah, Jesus is not God. Um, no, for no, Yahweh, no. salvation is by grace through faith. Yep. But for Allah, salvation is by good works. Good works. Good works. But even then— he may not send you there because Allah is known as arbitrary and trite and could actually send good people to hell if he wanted to because he does whatever he wants. Mm -hmm. Yahweh is confined by covenant and always does what he says he's going to do. And if you truly trust in Christ, he gives you the spirit uh, who is also fully God. So even their nature, the plan of salvation. Plan of salvation is completely completely different. different. So like here's the the deal, detail or the point. They both can't be true. No. They're so fundamentally contradictory in their nature, Mm -hmm. in their relationship with humanity, in their plan of salvation, Mm -hmm. and even in their holy books um, are contradictory. Um, One explicitly um, rejects the other. The Quran rejects biblical Christianity as revealed through through the New Testament, the resurrection, et cetera. In Christianity, um, Jesus actually did die, and that death was an atoning death. There is no death of Christ, Mm -hmm. nor need for atonement in that way in Islam. There is a resurrection, which is a—in Christianity, which is a— Victorious moment. Yeah, declaration of God before all of heaven and hell and humanity and history. This is is my beloved son with whom I'm well pleased. In Islam, Allah does not do that. It's all works-based. And so, again, the point in saying that is (laughs) people—one of the things I said in my sermon is that the only people who say— all religions are basically the same, are people who are not devout. It's people who yes, sit right. from or far Or they watch too much and, TV. Yeah, they're, they're yeah. thoughtless. They're not even thinking yep. about it. They're not reading the book thoughtfully. That's you know? correct. Mm-hmm. I said the, the one person who you will never hear say Christianity and Islam are the same is a devout Muslim. I debated several years ago. Uh, I told you this story. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was going to talk about Islam versus Christianity. And a guy came in, I wasn't expecting it, into our service. And he sat down in the front row. And uh, obviously, he got news that this is what we're going to talk about. And he stuck up his hand and he said, can I talk to you as we go through this? I said, absolutely. And uh, so at the beginning, I made my premise known. I said, the, the God of the Bible is not the God of the Quran. And if I'm wrong, you tell me anything I'm wrong about mm-hmm. as we go through this. And as I laid out and did an enormous amount of study for this, but as I laid out uh, the plan, I was really impressed with the fact that he didn't correct me on a lot of maybe some minor details along mm-hmm. the way, but no major details. By the time we got to the end, I looked at him and I said, and we were talking back and forth. He actually became a good friend of mine after that service. But anyway, at the end of it, I said, now, you tell me, is the God of the Quran and the God of the Bible the same? And he said, absolutely not. Mm. Yeah. Drop the mic. That's the, yep. that's the case. Which is consistent with the devout Muslim right. who understands the holy mm-hmm. book. Yeah. And the same would be true. If we were to talk about Buddhism, about the Buddha. Oh, yeah. You can yeah. go down. Yeah, I mean, we, we, we could do the same else, thing. Yeah. There is no way that Buddhism... Uh, the Buddha. Buddhism. 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 <laughs> that's Buddhism. I, literally, that's yeah. what I heard. I'm like, yeah. no, no, Amazement no, 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 no. continues. Amazement is unceasing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we uh, cannot say that's the, that's the same kind of religion, same— No, they don't even acknowledge— No, not at all. There's no way all religions are the same, and anyone who were to say that clearly has not studied religion. They have not studied world religions. There's just no foundation to make such a claim. Mm-hmm. So— Listeners, hopefully you will continue to submit questions based on the sermon. We will go after those every single Wednesday, and we will submit these podcasts for your listening pleasure. Mm -hmm. Please come back again. Mm